the Ford government delivering their wellness update when it comes to the uh, budget. Their fall economic statement delivered earlier today. Here's the finance minister, Peter Bethenfalvy. For 2021-22, we are projecting a deficit of $21.5 billion, which is $11.6 billion lower than the outlook published in the 2021 budget. So contrary to what some political leaders would have you believe, this def- lower deficit stems from strong economic growth. Okay, let's welcome in Sheila Block, Ontario Senior Economist for the Canadian Centre for Policy Alternatives. She joins us now here on Global News Radio. Hey, Sheila, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Thanks for having me. Well, thanks for being here. Uh, for you, what is the, the big headline coming out of today's fall economic statement? You know, when I think about the big headline, it really, what it kind of says to me is there's not really a lot of news in this budget, but there are definitely some funny numbers in it. Okay, how so? Uh, what are you looking at? Um, so what I'm looking at is I'm looking at um, where they're looking at uh, the projection out to next year, right? So this year is sort of three quarters of the way into the, uh, into this fiscal year, because remember, it starts in, in the spring. Uh, and when we look out to the next year, what we're seeing is we're seeing really slow growth in uh, revenues. And um, I'm about 99% sure that they're ro- lowballing those figures. And when spring comes around and we have that pre-election budget, we're going to find out that they have way more money than they than they said they did in this uh, in this statement. So that's the first place where I'm a little uh, curious about those numbers. Okay, so in other words, they're kind of lowering the bar a little bit right now, so that uh, maybe come springtime and close to election time, uh, with the announcement of the next uh, budget, things are going to look really good. Exactly, that would be my guess. Okay, uh, what else uh, stood out for you when it comes to the numbers? Well, the other thing that really stood out for me in terms of the numbers is how little they are planning to spend on health care and education systems next year. Um, that those increases are 2.4% for health care and less than 2%, 1.6% for education. And we know that there is, a, you know, hopefully the pandemic will be over, but there is a lot of catching up that needs to happen in terms of the health care system. We know a lot of people had health problems that... Uh, issues that were delayed. We know that um, nurses are really having a rough time and we need more of them. We know long-term care has a lot of needs. So that seems like a very low number. It's below what their inflation expectation is. If you added population growth to that, that would be really low as well. And similarly, in education, we know that kids have had a really, really tough time through this pandemic with the remote learning and the mixed learning and not being able to kind of interact with others. Again, what, what, what you would be looking for is a real investment in there to help those kids catch up. Much like the uh, first set of numbers you mentioned, do you believe that they're waiting on the spring budget for that? And again, closer to election time, because uh, you're right. And I think this was uh, eye catching uh, for a lot of people uh, today that the investments were not there in those two areas of health and education. I don't know whether I don't know whether they're going to be there in the spring or whether really, you know, the 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 new highways are more of a priority for this government than healthcare and education. Tough, tough to say. And while we're talking about that, the other thing that was, uh, you know, wasn't there was any announcement on childcare. And we know that they're leaving probably about ten billion dollars from the federal government 
of childcare money on the table if they don't take them up on that uh, on that childcare deal. You mentioned uh, highways a second ago, and uh, yes, we're getting a fairly substantial investment in transit, uh, transit spending on uh, highways, in particular uh, Highway uh, 413, the 413, uh, 413. Uh, is that a, a bit of a surprise? Maybe not so. I mean, it was kind of uh, forecasted, if you will. It's been in the news uh, certainly in the last uh, week or so. Well, it's been in the news a lot, but I think it's a pretty, a pretty controversial investment. And in terms of um, uh, in terms of those highway numbers, and in terms of that that investment, that is the only new investment that was in the budget. There was no new investment. Again, going back to those things about no investment to build new schools, no further investment in hospitals, and no investment in public transit. That's an increase from last year's budget. Um, so the 413, there's uh, you know. That's their plan. Uh, the pundits are saying that's what, what the uh, governing uh, conservatives are going to run on. But there's, there's a lot of steps between here and there. And I think there are a lot of people um, who have some questions about whether that's a, really a good use of government money. Talk about uh, deficits, because they were originally projected to be around $33 billion at the beginning of this uh, fiscal year, Sheila. And now we're hearing that it's going to be uh, a little more than $10 billion less, around $21.5 billion in two years' uh, time. What does that mean to uh, those in the province? Well, those deficit numbers, the reduction in that deficit number um, means that I think... Uh, you know, I, I don't think we should be too much focused on deficit numbers. Um, they are they show the deficits trending down. And I think the important question is, why is that deficit number trending down? Is that deficit trending down because you're squeezing on public services? Or is that number uh, trending down because the economy is recovering and we are looking at, at kind of uh, increased revenues coming in? And so I think... Um, those deficit numbers are still being financed by really historic low interest rates. Um, this year, it's just a little bit over 1%, the average interest rate the governments are spending. And while we do expect that interest rates will rise a little, it still remains very affordable. And the interest payments on the debt um, are actually lower than they were before the pandemic, um, which is you know, a little bit perplexing, but that's because the cost of that debt has decreased so dramatically that um, it means we can really afford to pay uh, to carry that carry that that debt load and continue to invest in public services. Joined by Sheila Block, Ontario senior economist for the Canadian Center for Policy Alternatives, going over earlier today the Ford government's uh, fall economic statement. And I think the big question going in and maybe uh, coming out, or one of the big questions anyway, Sheila is are we poised to come out of this pandemic economically uh, strong or uh, as strong or return to pre-pandemic uh, levels? It's something the Premier has uh, talked about time and time again, that uh, when the time is right, he is very confident that the province is going to come out roaring back. Did we get any indication from the fall economic statement that we're poised to be coming out really strong from the pandemic? Well, there's some pretty strong economic growth numbers in that forecast, right? Uh, I think it's uh, north of 4% both uh, this year and next year. And that's, especially comparing the last few years, that's pretty strong, strong growth. I think what we've seen in the news uh, 
uh, and over the last uh, few months is that there are it's not as smooth as many of us, including myself, expected coming out of it. Um, I think you probably heard a lot about supply chain issues. We're hearing, we're seeing an increase in uh, uh, in prices that weren't necessarily expected uh, when we come out of it. So it looks like there's, it's, it looks like it's going to be a bit more bumpy of a road ahead than maybe we had originally uh expected coming out but there's definitely some strong growth numbers there's some strong employment growth numbers there as well Uh, you know i think what we really have to look at as well is what's the quality of that employment you know if you get a bunch of um new part-time jobs with unpredictable hours um that's counted as a job in the employment numbers just like you know a good paying full-time job with benefits so job quality is something else that i'd be worrying about a lot Let me ask you as well about uh, taxes. You mentioned the supply chain issues, inflation as well, which is a major concern for a lot of families. Obviously, the cost of uh, living has gone up and gone up substantially. Do you expect taxes uh, to go up? Uh, Are we going to be paying more taxes? Was there any indication of that in the fall economic statement? So there was no uh, indication of an increase in taxes, and there was also... um, there had been rumors that there was going to be a big tax cut included, and there was we didn't see that uh, in the statement either. We saw little tax credits. The, a senior's tax credit was extended. An Ontario staycation's tax credit was introduced, um, but no big moves on taxes. And I, again, um, if, I expect if they are any, they're, they're holding their fire until the... Uh, uh, until the budget, which will be a lot closer to the election. All right, Sheila, stand by. we got to get a break, but when we come back with Sheila Block, Ontario Senior Economist for the Canadian Centre for Policy Alternatives, we're talking about life getting uh, more expensive. Uh, one of those things that certainly has gotten really, really expensive is housing. And when we come back, we'll talk about this new CIBC report that says we're about to head into one of the most challenging times ever to own a home. That's next here on Global News Radio. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink. 